Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. A lot of us grew up with origin stories about who we are individually or as a nation, where we came from, and why we evolved into who we are. Two multimedia artists in Pittsburgh have adapted one such mythology, or cosmology, around the creation myth of southeastern Nigeria's Igbo people. Their work is heady and visually stunning, and even taps into string theory. You can see their installations all over town, and they're collaborating with the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra on a free show tonight. CityCast Pittsburgh's Morgan Moody got a symphonic preview from the artists Mikhail Awana and Marcus Red. It's Thursday, January 27th. I'm Megan Harris, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So you both kind of have have created art that's at the intersection of like art, science, and religion. So I'll ask you, Mikhail, and then and then I'll go into Marcus as well. But Mikhail, how did your education and your background influence your art? Yeah, so I double majored in biomedical engineering and history at at Duke University, and that's also the time when I began working with photography as a medium. I was drawn to photography at the time due to the tension I was feeling between my African identity as a Nigerian person and my queer identity. And I was kind of struggling emotionally with that. And then I found a camera while I was in college. And when I found the camera, I felt like I found my voice again. And so I continued with photography all throughout college, but I was also learning engineering at the same time. So I think these things were occurring hand in hand. And then um, with my photographic process that I developed over the last few years, I was responding to a lot of the images I was seeing in the media of Black people being shot and killed from Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, um, Antoine Rose II, George Floyd just this past year. And I was trying to think about how could I combine my skills as a photographer and my training as an engineer to transfigure Black bodies from sites of death and state violence into cosmic vessels of eternal life. And so I designed my own flash that only um, transmits ultraviolet light and in total darkness, and I hand paint the model's body with fluorescent paints. And then I, in total darkness, I clicked down on the shutter and for a fraction of a second, the model's bodies are illuminated in these cosmic patterns. And so that is the photographic process. That's the basis for the commission with the symphony, um, playing the cosmic strings that's on display there for the next five years. And also the, um, the illumination technique and visualization technique that we used in our film that I co-directed with Marcus. Yeah, and Marcus, you have a background in African cosmology. So how has that impacted your art and everything that it is that you create? Well, I think for me, it's about trying to replicate and revive ancient models of knowledge creation. Um, So the French philosopher, Swallow Lubitsch, actually, when he is thinking about Egyptian knowledge production, he calls it a sacred science. So this confluence and this integration between art, science, and religion, that was precisely the goal of ancient Egyptian knowledge practices, where everything was fused together with this larger goal of provoking an expansion of consciousness, turning people into divine beings, trying to elevate the human spirit. So it's about trying to break down the walls that separate knowledge in our contemporary moment to see, okay, how can we use string theory, quantum physics, digital techniques, 
meditative practices all in one coherent, cohesive blend that will hopefully have this profound and lasting impact on the people who engage with the work that we produce. Also, I see your piece playing the cosmic strings daily, I guess, honestly, because (laughs) on my way to get coffee, I see it every day and it's so beautiful. And Marcus, you're also a part of um, that art. So can you kind of explain how, how you're in that piece as well? Yes. Well, it was fun for me because I had previously worked with Mikkel behind the scenes as a co-director of the film where I helped with painting the model's bodies and thinking through the set design and trying to orchestrate the the experience from behind the scenes. And so this commission actually gave me a chance to be in front of the camera. And, you know, I never thought that I would be a, an artist model <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but it was actually a fun process stepping onto the other side of the camera. And of course, um, Mikkel has a long history of working with all kinds of people and body shapes and um, putting people into these athletic poses, working with dancers. So it was fun for me to, especially knowing the body of his work, trying to think about, okay, you know, I've seen what other models can do. Can I match that intensity and that statuesque quality that he evokes in in his work? So it was it was fun for me. And also it was well, my background um, is in academia. My PhD was in English literature from, from Berkeley. I mean, I studied African-American studies at Harvard. So with that background... You're both brilliant. But I think it, it made me more reliant on the intellectual side of things. So here in this project, I'm having to actually embody the ideas that we have been talking about and say, okay, well, it's one thing to envision and theoretically discuss what Ebo string wave cosmology is, but then it's another thing to say, okay, well, let me, with my physical body, enact it or try to embody it. So I think that was an interesting challenge and a fun part of the project. And actually, I do want to talk a little bit more about the origins of, uh, well, the origin stories. So could you tell us like a little bit more about that, Mikhail? Yeah, so it began with the commission that I received from the symphony last year. Um, to produce a 67-foot mural on the side of Heinz Hall in celebration of the the 50th anniversary of Heinz Hall as the home of the Pittsburgh Symphony. And upon receiving the commission, I was really drawn to thinking about West African origin stories and our own conceptualizations of the origin of the universe and also the origin of music itself. And being Igbo from Nigeria, I looked at a specific Igbo creation story of string wave cosmology where within it, and this is also evoked in the um, the image that uh, Marcus poses for, these infinite strings in creation are spun at the very beginning of the universe, they explode forth, and then these represent the same strings in co- and like, that you can think of in string wave theory that we now talk about in modern day physics, and also the the vibrations from the smallest atom to the largest scales of the galaxies. And the sonic, some of the sonic harmonies of these infinite strings in creation are what we can harness into music today and into um, instrumentation that we use. And so worked with the symphony in terms of um, a series of conversations around the work, around thinking through this myth, and then putting together this commission in collaboration with Marcus. And then we also wanted to think about not just having the work up, but then also finding ways 
used to activate it with the community and to also connect it to a larger a larger series and of thinking through origin myths from across the world. And so the event that we're organizing origin stories it engages with the evo creation story that that we have with on on the mural but it also in collaboration marcus and i are co-hosting the event and it also touches on greek creation stories jewish creation stories mayan creation stories korean creation stories and we see a lot of parallels interesting parallels between the conceptualizations of the universe um that that are evoked there and the symphony will be will be performing a series of works that are then themed around each of these um creation stories um, and there's actually an online educational component too with your art. Is that is that correct? Yes. So we also produced a video that will be coming out with the program that we have, and it will be online for six months, and where I actually take um, students through a tour of my studio, introduce them to the studio practice, show them a bit a glimpse of how Marks and I created playing the cosmic strings together, and then it also discusses these mythologies and also shares a number of resources, written video about Igbo cosmology and Igbo, and Igbo myths. And you you both have something else very exciting coming up, and that's your film, and maybe I need to be corrected on this, but is it Obi Mbu? Obi Mbu, yes. Mbu, okay. And it's an Igbo creation myth that's going to premiere at the Kelly Strayhorn Theater on February 25th. So what can viewers expect? Yes, so it's a 30-minute experimental dance film. Uh, we have two dancers from the Pittsburgh Ballet Theater who are the stars of the piece, Corey Bourbonnier and Victoria Watford. And they are beautifully illuminated with fluorescent body paint. Um, and the, the film is shot under ultraviolet light. And I would say it's a ritual, was well, a fantasia of ritual performance and dance. And it really embodies and brings um, a particular myth of creation to life. And um, there are multiple stories, multiple ideas, even within the evil context about how the world came into existence. But this particular one follows the interaction between this male and female deity, Chuku and Ekene Chuku. And they both are, let's say, the masculine and feminine components of this primordial androgynous blackness, this primordial androgynous creator. And they exist in this unity until Chuku, the male figure, decides to create a secret space for himself in the form of a pillar chamber that he dances in and out of, which inspires curiosity in his feminine counterpart, Ekene Chuku. And this conflict between the two of them leads to the current world that we have today. Yeah, so you see the each of the beings glowing. So what so the actually the effect is produced by so the fluorescent paints on the models' bodies, they don't glow in the visible spectrum. But when they interact with ultraviolet light, the ultraviolet light um, is absorbed by the paints and then in the in the photography, and then this also happens in the video, the there's a step change in energy and a portion of that energy is then released in the visible spectrum which creates a fluorescence a fluorescent effect that emerges from the bodies and so you also have this way in which we move by interacting with this invisible spectrum of light you move from the visible spectrum where we have anti-blackness white supremacy and all these systems of oppression to a vision where we see blackness as this divine cosmic principle of the universe that creates all life. So you literally see these glowing celestial beings um, that have stars adorning on um, the totality of their bodies. And so that's what will be on view um, in the film that people would see at Kelly Strawn Theater. 
Um, so why do you think it is so important for people to get to know these sort of like existential stories and and themes? Well, I think it's important for a lot of different reasons. I mean, one, there's a lot to be gained from understanding traditional African understandings of the world. I mean, as we were saying earlier, it's a very different model of understanding knowledge and the purpose of knowledge. I mean, it's about this attempt to, again, affect a kind of spiritual transcendence. It's about trying to understand how to unlock human potential. I mean, so I think it provides a different understanding of ourselves as human beings and the heights to which we can reach. Um, there's a real, I would say, an aesthetic splendor in these stories. I mean, they are are beautifully rich and dense stories that encode information about everything from gender relations to um, the construction of architecture to ser- the serious star system to geometric form. I mean, so there's so many different ways you can look at these stories and so much information you can glean from them. And I think they have a deep wisdom about how to live, how to move through the world, how to understand oneself. Yeah. And I would and I would just add too, you know, I was actually having a conversation yesterday with um um with two with two with two people and they were and they were telling me, you know, we you know when we were growing up in high school you know, we, they only had learned like Greek creation stories or like Roman or Norse mythology. And they were really curious to, you know, you know, you know, both of them, both of them were white too, but they were like, you know, they're really curious to understand, you know, what are other ways of thinking about how the universe came into being. And so that's why it's also really exciting to share these myths and myth and these stories, because actually even for my own family who grew up in Nigeria, they had not heard this creation story until we shared it through the film. And then they were there and there was almost like this ecstatic response of being like actually seeing how we conceptualized of the origin of the universe and expanding that frame. And so I think that's something that's exciting for like all people to see, you know, just how we collectively have imagined what the universe can be. That was our own Morgan Moody talking to artists Mikhail Awana and Marcus Red. Their collaboration with the symphony is tonight at Heinz Hall. We've got a link to those free tickets and COVID protocols in our show notes. And now the news. A great big welcome to CityCast Pittsburgh's fantastic newsletter writer, Francesca DeBecco, who I think just got her first podcasting mic in the mail this morning. Is that right? I sure did. I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. Uh, well, let's start from the top, literally. President Joe Biden is coming back to the Berg tomorrow. It's his second visit since the inauguration, but of course he's been to Pittsburgh a ton as vice president. Yeah, Biden actually started and ended his presidential campaign here. I was actually at the Teamsters Hall for his announcement, total media circus, but in a fun way. Um, Francesca, do we know where President Biden's going to be in Pittsburgh? Not yet, but a statement from the White House said that he'll be talking about investments in the infrastructure bill, like strengthening our nation's supply chains, revitalizing American manufacturing, and creating good-paying union jobs. He loves a good union. We'll update everyone on social if we see where he's going to be so you can watch out for the traffic. Um, And we're going to backtrack a little here. On Tuesday, we told you about a string of fights and a shooting that have all occurred at various Pittsburgh public schools last week. There's an update on that, yeah? Correct. So the ACLU dropped a report that shows that it might be a part of a pretty disheartening trend. Yeah, how so? 
Well, researchers were looking at the 2019 school year, so obviously well before any of these incidents, and they found that PPS kids were more than three times as likely to be arrested than students in other Allegheny County districts. Whoa. Yep. And the rest of Allegheny County fares pretty poorly, too. As a county, students have entered the justice system more frequently than students anywhere else in Pennsylvania. I'm surprised and also not surprised that we're worse than Philadelphia. Does the report say why at all? The ACLU doesn't cite any one specific thing, but the report focuses on really high rates of arrest for Black students and kids with different abilities. Researchers say that this could be because of overexposure to police, schools with majority white faculty, so bias seems to be a big factor here. Well, stay tuned, everybody, because you may hear more from us on this in the coming days. And we have another callback. So if you tuned in last week, you heard us talking with Wilkinsburg Mayor Dante Comins about the possible annexation. And Pittsburgh Councilperson Teresa Kell Smith squashed the measure that same day. And this week, she introduced legislation allowing council to investigate merging with other municipalities more easily. So not Wilkinsburg, not right now, but maybe Pittsburgh can take someone else to prom if the mood strikes them in the future. <laughs> kind of. If passed, Kale Smith said that it will help them gather more information. And they're already talking about Penn Hills, Edgewood, Swissville, Homestead, and a handful of other neighborhoods. Okay. And Francesca, let's end on a lighter note. What's bringing you joy today? Yeah, if you're looking for something to do today, the Lawrenceville Market House is celebrating its grand opening at 4112 Butler Street from 4 to 7 p.m. You can look for live music, art, fresh treats from Oliver's Donuts, coffee, and other local goodies to take home. So if you go, will you bring me back some donuts? Because I'm going to be honest, it's too cold to leave the house right now. Of course. One dozen for the CityCast team, please. (laughs) We'll need some coffee to warm us up, too. Definitely. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Matt Stroud is our lead producer. He keeps the lights on around here. Francesco DeBecco writes our newsletter, and she's the voice behind almost everything you see on Twitter and Instagram. And most days, Morgan Moody will be your host. I'm the senior producer, Megan Harris. If you're into our music, it's by Benji. You can check out his record, Smile You're Alive, on Spotify, and hear him in person tomorrow at the Greer Cabaret Theater downtown. A few of your favorite CityCast Pittsburgh folks will also be in the crowd. If you're liking the show, please post about it. Recommend us to your friends and family, and you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And please subscribe to our morning newsletter. That's at pittsburgh.citycast.fm. We'll be back Tuesday with more news from around the city. Talk to you soon. One more time, happier.